0: From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 25th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Corey Martin is feeling under the weather this week, so we hope he's feeling better, and he'll be back with us next week. In this week's show, our special correspondent, David Parfitt, talks to Disney's chief magical officer, Dizzard Justin McCony, and John Magi and Kevin Close will give everyone a cruise primer for those who are planning their first Disney Cruise Line vacation. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and this week's news in this edition of The Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. I have a couple of uh, housekeeping items to go over. We have officially passed $10,000 sent to Give Kids the World. Yay! $10,519.03, to be exact. Um, and we have orders totaling right now 12848 You guys really stepped up to the plate after last week's show. We have taken in probably close to $2,000 worth of orders, I think, mm-hmm. uh, since last week's show. Uh, of course, we announced last week that a very generous, anonymous Diz Unplugged listener and site visitor has agreed to match all donations made to Give Kids the World up to $20,000. So if we can hit twenty grand, we are going to be giving $40,000 to Give Kids the World.
1: Amazing. It
0: really is. So I'm really excited about this. We've got to keep the pressure on. Uh, I, I know you guys are going to get sick and tired of hearing me talk about it. But uh, listen, especially during uh, this economy, the first, the first things to get hit are charities. And this is a good charity, folks. This is a good charity. I know a lot of you have gone back to listen to David Parfitt's interview with Susie Story at Give Kids the World. And uh, I, I just going to encourage you to keep pointing people to that. That's all you got to do is get somebody to spend the 20 minutes to listen to that. Not going to be any trouble getting them to buy a shirt to support that. Uh, so we are over ten thousand dollars, and uh, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going because we're going to get this up to twenty thousand dollars.
2: Did you see it, that someone posted on the board about how they saw uh, someone wearing a podcast shirt in Albuquerque? And you yeah, I out? know
0: it was great. Wow, it was great. We're spreading out, we're spreading out.
3: I see a lot of the people on Facebook too have a little blurb in their face on their Facebook page asking people to buy the shirt. So,
0: and we appreciate that. We appreciate. Anything you guys can do uh, to help us get more of these shirts sold. Um, I know we have one listener who's going to be uh, running a, a marathon, I think. and is. Uh,
4: I think it's a bicycling marathon. A
0: bicycling marathon. Okay. And uh, for uh, every person that donates the $25 uh, to him uh, in this bicycle marathon, they're going to get a shirt. So, I mean, oh, people are being neat. really creative. We've got a student over at Rutgers University. And if it sounds like we're outside, it's only because it's an absolutely gorgeous day here and we have the windows open. So please forgive any background noise. But there was a student at Rutgers University who was trying to organize a bake sale uh, to raise money. Uh, So, I mean, folks, we'll take this money any way we can get it. I don't care. Any ideas you have, as long as it's legal, um, (laughs) we are 100% behind it. There's no effort too great uh, to do this. Remember, we're sending... Trying to help send children with life-threatening illnesses to Walt Disney World uh, via Give Kids the World. So anything and everything you can do to help us, we really appreciate it. Now, while I'm on the subject of raising money, I want to reiterate, and I apologize. The link I had, I didn't even realize this, link I had in the show notes page last week didn't work, to Deb Wills' uh, breast cancer walk. Um, she's doing the Avon breast cancer walk again this year. Her goal was $50,000. She's just a little over 20000 right now. So... Uh, Again, anything and everything we can do to help support Deb uh, in her efforts to, uh, to do this, uh, we certainly want to do. So there's a link on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. We also have it up on the boards to the uh, page where you can make a donation. Uh, I think the minimum donation is $10. Every $10 counts. If that's all you can afford, then please By all means, again, uh, charities are the first ones getting hit here. And a lot of charities are reporting uh, that they are really, really in dire straits. And things like Give Kids the World, things like breast cancer research, these are really important things. These are really important charities. These are good charities. They help a lot of people. They help save lives. So please, uh, anything you can do to help Deb with her effort, Uh, We greatly appreciate, and I know she does as well. So, uh, two more things. Number one, uh, we have uh, some videos going up this week uh, with this show. Well, some videos will go up this week with the show, um, and then throughout the week we'll be putting up more. I'm still editing like a madman. Uh, But we have our, our video from the Wild Animal Park in San Diego. Or an Escondido, excuse me, and uh, that came out really good. I was really, really happy with how that video came out, and you get to see Walter in the hot air balloon, and you also see get to see Walter being attacked by Laura Keats.
5: Okay, now I have to preface that with if I wasn't trying to take the container away from the Laura Keats, they would not have been trying. Right. By well, that's me. what I'm telling you. So children that's don't what, need to be but afraid. You also, also
0: <laughs> all of our <laughs> all of our listeners can can get a a, a peak. Into what it's like to try and tell Walter stop doing something. Who, he just ignores. Laura he, Keats, Laura, Laura Keats are these it, who is Laura Keats? <laughs> Laura Keats. Laura Keats are these little tropical birds, like very colorful. And when you go to Wild Animal Park, you go into their their aviary, and you can buy this uh, nectar. This nectar that they really like, and then when you walk in with the nectar, they kind of swarm you.
1: I thought it was like Laura Ingalls Wilder or something. Um, <laughs> I like Pete going, there's a bird on my head. A bird. <laughs>
0: it's on my and head. It's on my I head. keep telling Walter, stop putting your arm up. It'll stop biting you. Because this would just like if you watch the video, it just makes perfect sense. But of course, no, 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 no. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, which is <laughs> AA's definition of insanity. Um, But uh, this is what he does. I was like, stop. Stop. You don't want the bird to bite you. Stop putting your hand up there. But he was insistent. The bird that he got off my head had to get... (laughs)
5: <laughs> nectar
0: because he has to
5: be like champion of the birds or something i don't know You're chasing um, down here. so if you just hold the cup they will not bite you just don't try to take the cup back while they're eating that's what they don't
0: like yeah well they kept they told you that like 3 times going in don't try and touch them
5: that one looked really
1: insistent he was going wherever he was. that was
5: that his was, that was the one that wasn't given up yeah but
4: uh, I thought Laura Keats was like some <laughs> 1970s actress because these guys are like the the kings of meeting B celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who ran the. The thing was the kid on the nanny, and Laurie Keats attacked him in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Battle
0: so we have-
2: the Battle of the Network
0: Stars. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we have that video going up as well as a few others. Also, I'm going to be uh, in this week's show notes page. There will be links uh, for you to download um, all the videos we've put up recently. If you want to put those on your iPod, I'm not putting those into the feed because they are large, and they're going to blow up somebody's iPod. So um, <clears throat> this way you can choose whether or not you want them on there. It's really simple. You just download them to your uh, to your hard drive, and some of these are large files, folks. Some of these are as, as big as like 200 gigs, so you've got to have a, a cable or DSL uh, connection in order to download them in any kind of reasonable time. But you can but go somewhere down- and just
1: watch them, right? Once
0: you download them, you can uh, go into iTunes and then uh, add that file to your library under under the file selection. It's real simple. And then it'll show up in your iPod or your iPhone. Uh, just because that's the easier way to do it than inundating people with, you know, three gigs, four gigs <laughs> worth of videos. Um, so we got that. And we do have a prize to give away this week, don't we, Teresa?
1: Yes, we do. Who um,
0: is the prize winner? The
1: prize winner is Stacy Mogul. She's Disney Bride in 2K3 on the boards. Oh, cool. Yay, Stacy! And her and her husband picked number 19.
0: Number 19 for Stacy and her husband. You have won a $50 Disney gift certificate. Good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening and congratulations. Cool. Yay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stacy was our email uh, listener winner from, uh, January. from January. January.
1: Randomly picked.
0: Randomly picked
1: by my cat. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: by your what? The cat. Her cat. Don't ask. Don't is ask. this it's the hairball
1: It's my system. Yes.
4: So you spread them all out on the floor, and the one he pukes on is one. <laughs> no. no,
0: that's our cat. That's uh, Figaro.
4: They would all win then if it was
0: Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> We <laughs> make Kevin joke. <laughs> now I just Hero is Puka Palooza. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know um, we uh, we're doing an uh, an extra show this week. We have our regular discussion show, our email show, and also we'll be doing a Disneyland show. Our Disneyland show will be going up on Friday. Uh, that'll be part one of our Disneyland show next week. We will be doing uh, part two of our Disneyland show as well as a Disneyland email show and. I am going to be selecting, in next week's show, I am going to be selecting a name at random from those who sign up for our mailing list, podcast.wdwinfo.com. One person is going to win a six-day, five-night resort magic package at the Disneyland Resort.
2: Can I sign up?
0: No, you cannot. No, you cannot, but we are... uh, We're going to give away, uh, I'm dying to give one of these away, dying to send somebody out to Disneyland. So uh, next week's show, everyone who signs up for a mailing list has an equal shot. I'm going to just pick someone at random. Actually, the computer will pick someone at random. And that person is going to win six days, five-night resort magic package. That's accommodations at, uh, I think it's the Paradise Pier Hotel or the Disneyland Hotel. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll find out. And, uh, include your tickets to the parks and some other cool stuff.
2: It's funny. A week or two ago, there was a thread on the board about people who were a little under the feeling blue because they didn't have a trip coming up and didn't see one in the foreseeable future. And I said, you never know. Someday there's going to be one to be given away. Mm -hmm. This is it. If you haven't signed up, this is your chance.
0: And, uh, Prismatron still has a Disneyland trip in it, as well as a seven-day, six-night Magic Your Way package, plus dining for a, a family of four. Mm. And uh, so it's it's in there. Oh, and that Disneyland trip is for a family of four, just wow. to clarify. Wow, that's so, really nice. <clears throat> we have
2: oh, it's like Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Teresa's Choice. Teresa's <laughs> Choice. So we have... Uh, we have oh. We have an extra show going up this Friday, and then next Friday we will have uh, part two of our Disneyland show as well as uh, our Disneyland email show. So we've got a lot of shows this week and next week to put out there for those of you who like to listen to them. And uh, so cool. That's what we're doing. Anything else for housekeeping?
2: Kevin has one. I
0: do. Kevin.
2: Uh, we ended the dining review contest on January 31st. We didn't accept any new entries. And people keep writing and asking me when or, or when. Or give him a break, announced.
0: guys. He just had surgery.
2: I, I can't read. I just can't. I, I read a little bit and my eye tears up and it ends up being very frustrating as soon as i'm able to read them and listen to them and make an informed decision i will let you know i apologize they're all in one area and i just can't get to them at this point
0: that's perfectly understandable so folks give him a break and let him uh let him take the time he needs to heal us we promise you know we 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 don't renege on our promises to do prizes so we promise that uh, we will uh we will absolutely go through those as soon as as soon as kevin can And uh, we'll announce announce a winner. So anything else? Anything else for housekeeping? All right. We'll start with the news. Our first news story. According to the Associated Press, the city of Anaheim has won an administrative ruling against several large online travel sites in an effort to collect back taxes it says are owed from as far back as 2000 The Anaheim City Council contends that major online travel sites like Orbitz, Travelocity, and Priceline have only been paying hotel taxes on the rates that they negotiate with the hotels, not the rates they are charging their customers. And those rates they negotiate with the hotels are far below what they're actually charging their customers. The city council sought and has been granted an order forcing the sites to pay back taxes, including penalties and interest for all resort sales in the city from 2000 to 2008, a sum estimated at more than $21 million. Wow. Attorneys for Travelocity contend that this has been the accepted business model for travel agency and tour operators for the last 40 years, and they do plan to fight the ruling. Uh, Now, just so people know, this does not affect Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, I've gotten that question a couple of times. Dreams, we do not negotiate rates with uh, – we're not wholesalers. So we're not negotiating rates with the hotels. So this does not have any impact on us. Uh, but uh, I know Priceline, Travelocity, Orbitz—they are not happy about this, and to some degree, they're right because this has been the way it has been done for years, and it's only because these city councils are coming up with a budget shortfall that they're looking for loopholes and to you know to attack your travel providers when that's a major source of revenue for these cities. You know what they're going to start doing is they're going to start paying more attention to the cities that aren't doing this to them. So, <clears throat> I think Anaheim might be on, well; they might be on the losing end of this. Uh, courts, uh, courts have held that these that this uh, structure is legal, and uh, other cities that have tried it have have lost in court. So, it's uh, it's anybody's guess as to whether Anaheim is really going to be able to do this and enforce it. Uh, I think it's a lot of money. Uh, pr- Priceline Travelocity and orbits. a lot of money for lawyers there.
2: They're going to take that money and build low-cost housing near Disneyland, right?
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> My question is, is are these travel agencies charging the tax to the guest based on the final price that they're charging? Are they, charging, are they imposing a tax based on what they've negotiated with the hotel? I don't know. Because if they've collected that amount of money, then they're in the wrong if let's say the let's say they bought the hotel room for sixty dollars, but they sold it for a hundred. If they taxed on a hundred, then they're in the wrong and they owe the, the yeah that city I don't know the money.
0: That I don't know. It's a good question, but uh, we'll find out. I'm sure this is not the last we're going to hear of this particular story. So, in another Disneyland story, early Monday morning, cast members at Disneyland noticed a strange powder spread across the front of ticket booths located just outside the park. It took authorities two hours to determine the substance was harmless, but while they worked, hundreds of guests were forced to wait before being able to purchase tickets to enter the park. Last week, Disney announced it would be laying off workers in response to the slowing economy, but there is not, as of yet, any indication that those two events are related. Authorities have said they will fully investigate the matter and will be reviewing security tapes at Disneyland uh, sometime soon. Uh, Don't these people realize that this place is... Under secure, there are security cameras everywhere.
5: That they're going to find out who did this.
2: Now, I had heard it was just sand,
5: it ground up sand. is what I read. But
2: it, that it, that they thought it might have just blown there too.
5: I didn't From hear that. where. <laughs> there's no there's no yeah. there's no sand around
0: there. I don't know, but uh, I would imagine if it was sand, authorities would have been able to identify that right away. Mm. Um, the, the news story anyway said it was powder. It was a white powder. So. Um, We'll see. But our final news story this week, Disney has announced that it will be consolidating its resort operations on both the East and West Coast in an effort to cut costs and streamline operations. The announcement comes just days after Disney released its first quarter earnings, which showed a staggering 32% drop in profit over the same period last year. 600 high-level management jobs are being eliminated as part of the process. Many of those positions were offered a buyout package a few weeks ago, and while some took the offers, other did not, and now the layoffs have started. And we actually know of a couple of people that were offered those packages, didn't take them, and were shown the door last week. Whoa. So I don't—it's—it's uh, it's a bloodbath. It's as one person inside Disney put it to me: "It is an absolute bloodbath mm. right now."
2: If someone offered you a buyout package and you didn't take it.
4: You have to assume you're going to be fired.
2: He Wouldn't was. you assume that that was coming?
5: I I was if they nothing, offered right? it, obviously they think they can make it without you. So yeah. Yeah.
4: It was part of that as part of Nabisco. We went through a huge restructuring, and the word was, if they offered you a package, you take it and run. Yep, absolutely. Because they've already marked you as someone who's going to go.
0: Now, as part of the restructuring, Disney will be putting together a new global business development team led by Executive Vice President Nick Franklin. The new team will combine real estate and business functions. Walt Disney Imagineering will be led by Bruce Vaughn and Craig Russell, who will reorganize the department to merge resort development with attraction and entertainment development. And Al Weiss, the president of worldwide operations for Disney Parks and Resorts, will merge the operating structures of both Walt Disney World and Disneyland into a single domestic organization. So what does this mean to the consumer? It's hard to say at this point. The plan is an extension of the One Disney initiative started by Jay Rasulo, the chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, the One Disney approach was designed to streamline operations among all Disney theme parks worldwide in an effort to make it easier to roll out new attractions and shows. One downside, as Kevin has pointed out over the years, is that it has led to the homogenization of Disney theme parks, removing unique elements from individual parks and making the, the experience uniform across all of them. And uh, as I wrote in the news story that I put up about this, it seems like the homogenization plan is going to get a steroid injection. Uh, under this restructure, that it's only going to get much, much, much worse. And see, and that's something like at least what I know. What, what I noticed in Disneyland when I was out there was that there are still things in that park that are very unique to that park in terms of merchandise, uh, merchandise locations. That, and I really hope they don't do something stupid, and and take that away. But I got to be honest with you, Jay Rasulo has not shown me one iota of awareness of what really makes the park special he is he's a number cruncher and he looks at the numbers and he is not in touch with the experience part of this and he you know you've heard me mention it and rant about it on the show before about disney focusing solely on their shareholders and and at the expense of the of the guest experience And I blame Jay Rasulo for a lot of that because those are his policies that have brought that about. And I think this is just going to make it worse.
2: People in Disney World do not need to buy tchotchkes from Disneyland. I'm sorry. It's just wrong.
0: Exactly. It's just
2: wrong. You also don't need to be able to buy the same crap in Frontierland
4: that you can buy in Tomorrowland.
2: It's just wrong.
0: It is.
4: I don't understand how anyone can think that putting the same rides, shows, attractions, parades, and merchandise in Disneyland and in Walt Disney World is somehow going to increase your numbers. Why would well, I want this to go was to the both?
0: Problem. This was the problem when they had Paul Pressler yep. in there. He was another number cruncher, and he went on to destroy the gap, and God knows what else. Um uh, and now they've got Jay Rasulo, And I look, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. Jay Rasulo's nowhere near as bad as Paul Pressler was. I mean, that, he was a nightmare. But Jay Rasulo has just turned out to be a digit head. He's a number cruncher, a bean counter, whatever you want to call him. That's all he is. He has no concept, real concept of the product, not from the guest standpoint anyway. He looks at it as a, as a balance sheet. And I understand that. I understand you have to do that. But when when your stock and trade is is guest experience, mm-hmm. you better be a little bit more enlightened than Mr. Rusulo is. And he has not shown me one ounce of enlightenment with this homogenization and this plan to extend the one Disney concept. I think it, it was a bad concept to begin with. Look, I, I get wanting to merge operations, uh, take out redundancies in the back office. That makes perfect sense. But inside the theme parks... These 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 have to be special experiences. There have to be unique experiences in each theme park. Otherwise, what's the sense? You're not going to get people to go out to Disneyland if they've already been to Disney World, and vice versa. And you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. So it, it just is, you know. At some point in time, I hope that either you know Jay Sulo gets visited by three ghosts in the middle of the <laughs> night and wakes up and <laughs> smells the coffee, if I can, or they the replace them. They replace them with somebody who gets it because so they haven't had somebody in that position who really got it for a long time.
3: Do you think they'll they'll do a guest feed you know how the Disney's famous for guest feedback? Do you think they'd take feedback on this? I mean, would they do anything about it? I mean, cuz this seems like their new great idea. This
4: is too much of a of a global push for them to in the middle now change direction. They I, I didn't hear you mention this, but in one of the articles I read about it, it actually said uh, Merchandise will be consolidated for all theme parks. So mm. now you've got one person buying the same stuff for every theme park.
3: That's sad. But,
4: you know, again, I think it goes beyond just the merchandise. It goes beyond, it goes to the experience. How many people are going to go to Disneyland if they've been to Disney World and they've done all the same rides? Well, I've done Soaring. I've done Toy Story Mania. These are all the same rides I can do out there. Why should I go? Yeah. I I apologize.
2: I have to beat this dead horse just a little bit further. I was a pin collector, pin trader. And one of the things that was really exciting was that Disneyland had different pins than Disney World. And I'm using this as an example. Why would I buy a T-shirt if I do go to Disneyland to get the same exact experience that I can have in Disney World? Why would I buy another T-shirt there? Haven't they seen that a little bit of diversity? Disney collectors tend to be kind of overzealous and rabid they tend to be consumers
0: big why, consumers
2: why would you put the same exact merchandise at every single location within the magic kingdom
0: because you're unenlightened and you have no concept it just of seemed... you have no concept of the guest experience the real guest experience and you know even for the casual visitor it's disney's hope that the casual visitor to disney world becomes a rabid fan right and once that person becomes a rabid fan, then they start looking at the fact that, yeah, the same crap I can buy on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom in Orlando is the same stuff I can buy on Main Street in Disneyland is the same stuff I can buy in California Adventures, is the same stuff I can get in Hong Kong.
2: I mean, do you remember the promotion they did where it was the grandparents, the first generation of Disney fans bringing their kids and then their kids brought their kids? It, that's how, that's how Disney fans are created. Exactly. I mean, you kind of have to keep that up. Otherwise, it just
0: well. They're, they're, you know, uh, look, they've been my you know we've we've used words like myopic and short sighted to describe these people over the past two and a half years that we've been doing this show, and unfortunately, I think for the next two and a half years we're going to be using the exact same words, maybe even stronger ones, to describe them. But you know, I understand they're trying to make the operation work as well as they can. I give them credit for that. I understand these decisions aren't easy uh, on the people being laid off and on the people doing the laying off. Uh, but, you know, at some point in time, you're just you're going to have to start paying attention to the fans who made you. Because at the rate you're going, that's all you're going to have mm-hmm. left to soon are the fans, the, the rabid fans who won't go anywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
2: And they already have their T-shirt.
0: Yeah, Exactly. All right, that'll do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to a quick weather update. Um, I
2: think you did that at the opening of the show. You told everybody the windows were open.
0: It's gorgeous. It's beautiful here right now. It's in the mid-70s, clear skies. Uh, now, for the rest of the week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, looks like it's going to be beautiful. Um, highs in the low 80s, and night's going to drop down into the mid-50s, which is perfect. Uh, Sunday, March 1st, we will be getting some scattered thunderstorms. High 79, low 52. And then Monday and Tuesday of next week, we're back to being beautiful again.
3: And we can't actually use the rain, so rain would be nice.
0: Yep. So if you're traveling to Disney this week, you're going to get some beautiful weather, except for Sunday. But that's all right. We can do one day of rain a week <laughs> if we have six days yep. of stunning It's
4: not going to rain all day. It'll rain no. for part of the day. You'll be fine.
0: And all right, we're going to move on then and do rapid fire. I'm going to start. (laughs) Ha ha. Hmm. (laughs) Um, The Carnivale de Venezia, the Carnival of Venice, has arrived at Tudo Italia Restaurante at the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. Uh, This is uh, basically a special meal offering. Uh, They're going to be displaying all these masks that are apparently part of the celebration. Uh, Guests will have the opportunity to see masks on display inside the restaurant. Waiters will be wearing their own. Um, You can also bring your own mask if you happen to have one, which you'd be doing with an 11th century (laughs) Venetian mask.
4: Kevin, I each have one that we made when we went to Venice. I'm not wearing mine to Disney World. Did I, <laughs> did I mention that we went to Venice?
0: Uh, you see, that's why, that's why he's mentioning So you can drop the. When we were in Venice, we made our own.
4: Oh, yeah. We're happy to have one. That it never gets old, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is part of, me, uh, of a meal offering. Uh, lunch will be served from 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at $19 a person, plus tax and gratuity. Dinner from 4.30 to 8.45, $28 per person, plus tax and gratuity. And tables in Wonderland members. Will get twenty percent. There's twenty percent discount on food and beverage. Um, there is going to be a special lunch and dinner menu available during the celebration, which runs February 23rd to March 4th. Guests can choose one of two pre-selected appetizers, entrees, and desserts, and a special performance by Viva Venezia will occur each evening inside the restaurant. The musical trio known as the Strolling Musicians will serenade guests with traditional Venetian music. And yes, I am reading this off the press release. So, I don't know. You know, uh, Kevin gave this restaurant a not great review. Um, I went a couple of weeks after just because I didn't believe him, and he was right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, $19 a person for lunch. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know.
3: I I think it would have been nice if they would have put out the menu because I'm sort Mm. of like, you know. Yeah, what, if I'm going to get all the way over there, I'd, I'd like to know what that special is. Because but you, you can only wear get, a
0: mask, you can only choose. <laughs>
1: <Right>. That's <laughs> right. the reason to go. You right. can only
0: choose one of two pre-selected appetizers, mm. entrees, and desserts. That's a little on the limited side, if you ask me. And but if
4: this is supposed to be authentic and, and uh, based on what they would eat in Venice, Venice is a fishing port. So if you don't eat fish, and very few Venetians eat masks. That.
0: We're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, really. We're going to talk about this in the Disneyland show, but it was one of the things that really ticked me off out there is that almost every place, like their appetizers were nothing but seafood.
3: Really? And
0: I don't... I, I, we've noticed this in a number of restaurants. What the heck are they thinking? There are a lot of people who don't eat seafood. Why would you put... All seafood as you, all, all seafood
5: appetizers that happens to us a lot out there. That a lot. I but. like seafood, but it's still a lot of people don't. A yeah. lot of people are allergic. Mm-hmm. Why would you only have seafood as appetizers? Mm-hmm. So, well,
0: we, we're getting off track with that, but we'll talk about that in the Disneyland show. All right, that's mine. Who wants to go next?
1: I will, so nobody steals mine. <laughs> <laughs> Max gave me the idea for this. House of Blues presents "The Devil Wears Prada." A Day to Remember plus Sky Eats Airplane are coming Wednesday, oh, wait, March these 25th. Are, these are, these are <laughs> bands. <laughs> bands. There's <laughs> a band called the Devil Wears Prada? Uh-huh. Yep. They sing um, Goats on a Boat. Have you ever heard of it?
2: Of course.
5: Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Oh, well, that's yeah.
2: them.
1: And A Day to Remember is another band, and Sky Eats Airplane is the third band.
0: Sky Eats Airplane.
1: March 25th. It's a Wednesday.
0: Get off my lawn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Took it from me, John. Sorry, I lied.
2: I've never heard of Dead of a Worse Prada other than the
4: movie or the quote song.
1: I had never heard of it either, except Max has it on a shirt and he's seen it before and really liked it, and he will be there.
0: All right. So if you want to see Max, (laughs)
4: really,
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you want, he should be the only one there.
0: (laughs) Seeing Max would be a bigger draw than actually seeing the band. I think so.
1: Is Meryl Streep going to be there? It's always a packed house when these people play, though. Really. It's alternate music. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's all 15-year-olds. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for that, Teresa. Walter, what do you have?
5: Universal Orlando extends its uh, pay for three nights, get two free. Universal Orlando Resort has extended a deal allowing families to book a three-night package and receive two additional nights free. Packages begin at $689 and include accommodations at a hotel near Universal and unlimited theme park admissions to both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. The package can be booked until March 29th for any stays between now and October 8th. Guests can also upgrade to one of the three on-site AAA Four Diamond Hotels at Universal, with packages starting at $1,144. In addition, guests of the Lowell's Portofino Bay Hotel, Hard Rock, and Royal Pacific receive free Universal Express access, which allows them to skip the regular lines on most theme park attractions.
0: Not that that's a big deal right now since those parks are empty, but. Um, but you
5: extending know, that to October, that's huge.
0: It is, but I gotta be honest with you. Uh, you know, I love Universal, guys, but Walter and I were on the phone the other day and I was doing pricing. I was just checking some pricing at Universal. Depending on which booking engine I used, it's different. I was getting different prices <laughs> for the same date, same hotel. Same room.
4: We experience that all the time.
0: And it's like, you know... This
4: isn't roulette.
0: Yeah, it's come up with a price and stick with it. First of all, you know, you know, three. You know, basically they're saying three nights with tickets, $1,100. I think that's ridiculously high. Even if you are getting the next two nights free. Um, if you're really going to give two nights free, then charge what you're supp- supposed to be charging... Because if you're going to try and charge me three hundred dollars a night to stay at the Royal Pacific, I'm going to laugh at you. It's a nice hotel, but you know, last year at this time, you could pick that hotel up for one hundred and seventy-nine dollars a night.
4: Is that based on a family of four that eleven hundred?
0: Probably. Or is that so, per yeah.
4: person?
1: Whoa!
0: No, it's a no. package. No. Oh.
4: Yeah.
0: So, I just, you know, of course, I'm going to tell you put your request in with uh, dreams unlimited let the agents do their thing our agents know where to look to get the right pricing but uh you know really and truly they've got to they've got to buckle down with the uh with with these pricing three different booking engines three entirely different prices and these were all publicly available locations well one wasn't one was the travel agent tool that we use but um, the other two were publicly available, and even those were different. And it's like you can't tell me this, these changed in like the five minutes it took me to run each one because I went and reran them again, and same prices came up. But there was disparity between all three. What kind of difference three. was it? Dollars or was dollars, it dollars? Yeah, I mean, and in some cases, as much as two or three hundred dollars. Mm.
4: Because sometimes, if it's just a dollar here or there, it depends on how someone has entered. The information.
0: Yeah, but I know what I'm doing with this. Yeah. I mean, it's no, no, not
4: you. who entered video. information. I mean, as far as someone entering it into the <laughs> booking engine itself.
0: No, no, these are these were substantial differences. Yeah, that's weird.
4: Two or three hundred. That's a big difference. So,
0: I would uh, I would suggest to Universal that they kind of start paying attention to consistency of pricing across multiple platforms. But, well, thank you for that, Walter. Kevin, what do you have?
2: We always. Um, sort of knocked Disney for not doing anything for their annual pass holders. And while this is an earth-shattering, I thought it was kind of cool. If you Between now and February 28th, if you go to the guest services desk at the World of Disney in downtown Disney and show your annual pass, you get two free lanyards with a pin on each one and a little pin trader thing at the bottom, absolutely free. The other thing they're doing is they're giving you an extra 10% off at the World of Disney store for the day you stop in.
0: So if you know, I think I'm not going to say this is because of us, but I think maybe the message is getting through that you don't do crap for your AP holders. So ten percent off, an additional ten percent. Right, is what so you get the
4: regular discount for AP holders, and then you get the ten so percent. So twenty percent
0: at World of Disney.
2: Twenty percent. All, yeah, yeah, all the same, yeah? They're all the same. However, I got mine. a basic oh. pin. Is six bucks, and you got to figure a lanyard is six bucks.
0: No, it's that's cool. That's
2: a $25 thing that's free. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and sometimes something that simple, sometimes something just this simple, just to show your appreciation. Those are cute pins, too. Cute
2: Cute. pins. Yeah, Yeah, and they're great for traders, and if you're looking for your kids to, you know, go pin trading in the park, this is a great way to start. I think.
4: And Kevin went and had his parents pass, and so he just showed all three passes, so it wasn't like who are you yeah. show me your ID right, right. so he was able to get all three there was no blood test involved exactly was- <laughs> so they were kind of loosey about it which is nice for change
2: yep and cool. it was very just simple there pass. wasn't a line or anything you just walked up and said I'm an annual pass holder she said can I see your passes and
3: she I was hit- surprised how easy it was when I went up I'm like you're not going to ask for something it's like here's exactly. my pass
2: <laughs> yeah. so I think it's a great thing so if you're in the area and you just stopped at World of Disney and let them know
0: cool Thank you, Kevin.
3: Kathy, I have ESPN the weekend. She said, up. "I have ESPN." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know is, what John's uh, rapid I fire see. is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> anyway, ESPN the weekend is this weekend. It's February twenty seventh to March the first. Um, they have a long list of athletes who I am really not familiar with at all. We have Joba Chamberlain, Vernon Davis, Dennis Eckersley, Donna Edwards. Donnie Edwards, John Franco, Matt Garza. Skip down here. Misty May Trainer. I know her because she was on Dancing with the Stars, but I don't know her as an athlete.
2: You know who's going to be there? Laura Keats. <laughs> <laughs> Is
3: that John Crawford? <gasps> okay. Colin. Howard, you know, no one some can the-
0: hear you if you don't talk into the mic.
3: <laughs> and we've got some ESPN personalities, and I'll have to go over and, and check them out. But this is like way over my head. But if you're in the Orlando area, it's taking place over at Hollywood Studios, February 27th to March the 1st.
0: Thank you for that, Kathy. John, what do you have?
4: Last Saturday night was my birthday, so we Yay. decided to. Have it. Yay! We decided to kind of at the last minute. We had uh, Kevin had a rough day with his eye. But kind of the last minute, we decided to go over to Disney and get my $75 gift card.
3: Oh, okay.
4: And uh, Teresa talked about it. I want to just say Disney makes this very easy. This is a really super easy process. Everybody's really nice about it. You have to sign up in advance. Go to DisneyWorld.com. Click on the link that says sign up for... What will you celebrate? What will you celebrate? Sign up for your free ticket for your birthday. Print out the confirmation, bring that with you. That makes it easier. Um, went up, showed him the piece of paper, showed him my ID, showed him that I had an annual pass. He said, Well, what would you like as your alternative? I said, I'd like the $75 gift card. No problem. Boom, boom, boom. It was done. Quick, so, Real really quick. quick, really easy. And then we went and we decided to stop in the Polynesian and have sushi for dinner.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And sometime during the meal, I guess Kevin told them it was my birthday. And they brought out a puffed pastry filled with like chocolate icing. It was actually really good. But what impressed me the most of it about it was they had a like a silk screen of chocolate that was Lilo and Stitch. Oh wow. how neat. The girl next to me, apparently it was her birthday too, either that or she copied me.
3: <laughs> was her
4: birthday too and on her plate was a silk screen of the castle in like blue hmm. sugar. Really well done. So I have to wow. give them kudos for
5: wow, that's nice. what
4: they're doing with this birthday celebration.
2: Now, I also have to tell you, we had um, an unusual situation in that my mom's birthday is literally the day before John's. Uh, Mom's is the 20th, John's is the 21st. And as long as we were going on the 20th to get my mom's $75 gift card, she's an annual pass holder also, John said to the man, my birthday is tomorrow, and had his identification out. And he said, would we be able to save a trip and do it all today? And there was just... Absolutely no leeway here. You have to do this on your birthday. Okay. Even
4: with identification, even showing you, even And it was like six or seven o'clock at night when we did your mom's and I said, well, listen, you know, it's the end of the day, blah blah blah. Nope, he wasn't gonna do it.
1: Were there a lot of people waiting when you were, went to get your Absolutely yours? not. Really? Nope. We walked
2: there. right up to the windows, both mm. nights. Both wow. days. Sorry, See my my
1: birthday was popular. There was people standing everywhere. Did you go
4: early in the morning though? Um I think you
1: did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think that if so you
4: go important. early in the morning, you're going to get more people who want to get the to ticket. Get into the park. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went later in the day just to get the gift card. And again, it doesn't expire. It's only good for uh, Disney-owned and operated stores. But still, 75 bucks is 75 bucks.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So
4: We get the question all the time, I'm
2: going to be there the day before my birthday. I'm going to be leaving the day after my birthday. I just understand that Disney's policy is... There are no exceptions. It is the day of and the day of only.
1: Yeah, we're going next week for Grace's. But well, she has to hand the card over to me. But
3: cool. th- I mean, that makes sense because, you know, there's people that stay up nights trying to think of ways to, Get to around find the that system. loophole. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's a cool thing, though.
4: Yeah. I think they do a great job with it. When this first started, we were all sort of, well, me specifically, it was sort of like, this is <laughs> kind of silly. But I think they're pulling it off. They're doing a good job with it.
2: I don't want to think. I don't want you to think I was complaining about that. I, I understand why they're doing it and how they're doing it. I just want people out there who you know email us and say we're leaving on the seventeenth, and my birthday is the eighteenth.
5: Ain't gonna happen. But it was right. good
1: that you asked, though, because you know, right. you Never know till you ask.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for that, John. Thanks, everybody. That will do it for rapid fire. We're going to move on to our next segment. Our special correspondent David Parfit has an interview with. Dizer Justin McConney, who is the Disney Chief Magical Officer or Chief Magic, whatever it was. He's the CMO. CMO. Yeah. And
4: uh, that's funny because I'm the H O M O.
0: So here is <here's laughs> da- David David Parfit with Justin McConey.
6: This is David Parfit reporting for the Diz Unplugged.
0: And it's my special treat. And apparently he's in a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> or in a cave.
4: Apparently so we need to teach him he doesn't have to scream into that MP3 player.
6: <laughs> Today to talk with Justin Machoni, the chief magic official for Disney. There you go. Justin is also known as Justin M. on the boards. You can find him posting. And he's been the chief magic official since April of 2008. Thanks again for uh, joining us, Justin. Oh, Dave, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, I've been a fan of the podcast and the awards for a while, so the chance to talk to you guys is, is fantastic. Thank you. You've been the, the Chief Magic official now since April, and I wondered if you could fill our listeners in a little bit about how the contest went, how you were selected, how many entries there were, how long the
7: process took. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to. I, I never kind of get tired of talking about this because it was, um, you know, an absolutely life changing experience for me. Um, a year, uh, just a little over a year ago, January of 2008, Disney announced that they were partnering with CareerBuilder.com for a sort of second generation of their dream job contest. They'd done one in 2007 and they'd cooked up a new idea um, to partner with, uh, like I said, careerbuilder.com, the job search website, to give one lucky Disney fan the ultimate Disney dream job, a, a full year, 12 months you know, part-time position, get a chance to travel to the parks and around the country and uh, make some magic happen. So back in January of 2008, um, I made a 60 second video clip um, that just said a little bit about myself, tried to show my personality, my love for Disney, my uh, (laughs) energy and enthusiasm and creativity, I guess you could say. And um, sent that off along with uh, an online application we had to fill out. And um, at that point, uh, there were 13, around 1,300 uh, applicants, people who had uh, he was submitted the video and the application for the, uh, for the position. And there was a roughly well, a three-month process where uh, they kind of looked through all those applications and narrowed it down to a top 20 and, the, you know, the 20 semifinalists were all contacted, and we had phone interviews with representatives both from Disney and from CareerBuilder. And then they narrowed it down to 10 from there. They posted those 10 videos online with some information about us and some pictures about us and those kinds of, you know, and some other details so that uh, the voting public could get to know us a little better. And there was a three-week uh, voting period where our friends and family and neighbors and Disney fans around the world were able to go online vote for uh, vote for their favorites and from there they narrowed it down to three finalists so it was a long process so the, by April of last year of 2008 there were three finalists and the, the three finalists uh, um, all had the chance to fly down to Walt Disney World for a week last April. We had some very fun little competitions that we had to do in the parks. We got to learn to make towel animals was in the resort. Just an incredible opportunity. That trip in and of itself was, was unbelievable. But at the end of that trip, on April 22nd of 2008, I remember the date very <laughs> well, we had a ceremony in the Rose Garden uh, right outside of Cinderella's Castle in the Magic Kingdom, and um, I officially became a cast member. I, as soon as the announcement was made, um, I ran off to Traditions class and spent the next eight hours getting to know even more about being a cast member. Since then, my life has been completely different than I've ever imagined. What
6: are your duties as chief magic officer?
7: It's, it's a fascinating thing, since um, this is a first experience for me, and it's really a first-time experience for Disney as well. They've never had a CMO before, so they're... You know, a lot of times we kind of tweak it on each trip. Um, every experience that I've had um, since I started back in April has been a little bit different. Some trips, my focus has been on um, working with the Dream Squad during the Year of a Million Dreams. The Dream Squad going around, you know, granting all of those those dreams. Um, you know, the official prizes from the Year of a Million Dreams, as well as making other magic moments happen. I got the chance to spend a lot of time with them, and and really learn what goes into you know, an event like the Year of a Million Dreams, I got the chance to really be a part of some pretty special and incredible things with some families. I've had the chance to meet the Disney Walt Disney World Ambassador team from 2008 uh, back in August. And on that trip, my focal point was really on the cast members and a chance to say thank you, a chance to kind of give back a little bit to the cast members who work so hard to make the guests' lives, you know, or guest vacations, I should say, uh, you know, really, really exciting, positive, magical experiences. Um, so each trip has had, uh, you know, a little different twist to it. I was a part of the the opening team for um, Toy Story Mania at Disney's Hollywood Studios back in May. And then I traveled to Disneyland to help open that attraction at uh, Disney's California Adventure in June as well. I had the chance to meet Michael Phelps in uh, in August, right after the Olympics. So I've had a wide range of, of different uh, unique opportunities. Some of them have been centered, like I said, on the guests. Some have been focused on the cast members. Um, and, and a lot of them are also centered on um, the media members who come in for these events, like the opening of attraction. So do you have a favorite memory that sticks out from the year? So it's probably the question that, that I get asked the most around home. Like every time I come home from a trip, they're like, oh, so what's your favorite thing? And it's really hard to explain how awe-inspiring the entire experience has been. Um, for me, without question, the highlights are the times I get to really spend quality time with people, you know, really getting to know some guests when I was in Walt Disney World um, and I headed over with one of the Dream Squad members from Epcot his name is Pete we went to Sorin and we found this this wonderful family a mom and dad and their, their one little daughter who was celebrating her birthday and um Got down on my knees and I told her. I said, "You know, have you ever ridden Soren before?" She'd never. She'd never been on. I said, "Okay, well, I'm, I need your help." I said, "I have. I have a friend who's who's in who's in Soren. You'll see him. He's playing golf on that golf course." And Dave, have you ridden Soren? I have. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you know the part where you're flying over that golf course? I do. and, I, guy, that. and I always duck the golf ball. Golf. Absolutely. Everyone does. It, it, it's absolutely that realistic. And so I, you know, I looked and I said, well, we, Pete and I really need your help. He's a friend of ours. He's so tired of losing his golf balls. So well, we really need you to help us, you know, see if we can catch this golf ball. Okay. And, uh, you know, we told him that there was a hidden Mickey on the golf ball. If He looked really closely. Oh, I haven't and, seen him. Uh, there is. If you, if you don't duck sometimes, you can keep your eyes open. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's a, there's a tiny little hidden Mickey that you see just for a second as the golf ball zooms right at you. Um, and so Pete had in his pocket a golf ball that, that we had meticulously drawn a little hidden Mickey on. And now when we got to that scene, sitting next to her, we're reaching out to try to catch the ball. We, we just missed it. And he drops it. Uh, behind her back, so it kind of rolls down her back, you know, into the seat, and she she picks it up, and for the rest of the day, she was just beaming. She was completely convinced that you know, she had caught this golf ball, and that she was going to make sure it got back to the guy who, who hit it. Her parents had such a wonderful experience. By we took some pictures together. We had a little certificate that we gave her, and um, and she just could not possibly have been any sweeter or more excited by the whole experience, and that's. Really, I guess in a nutshell, that's what the year has been like for me. The opportunity to take something that might seem small uh, and find a way to turn it to really, really make someone's day. And, um, you know, the, the chances of those kinds of things, uh, you know, once or twice a month is um, something I will never forget.
6: Is there an ending date to your term as Chief Magic official? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. No, I'm just, oh. unfortunately, there there is. I kind of wish I could be Peter Pan at the moment and just not grow up right yeah. now. But um, it, it is a 12 month position, so okay. come around the end of April of this year, um, my tenure will be over, and then we'll have a special trip that uh, we have uh, for my final time down there, a chance to really create some pretty uh, some pretty incredible magical moments for some of our guests. But I'm going to play that one pretty close to the vest for now. So, how are you going to feel when when your term ends? Again, that's probably something that's that's too complex of a question to answer with yeah. with just just one emotion. I mean, it, I have been so blessed by this experience that. Um, You know, I absolutely have no regrets. It's been an unbelievable uh, opportunity for me to meet so many people, to see so many incredible things, and and to be a part of so many great memories for for the Disney guests. So that's a huge thing. Of course I'm going to be really sad. I mean, I don't want to see this end. I have no idea what my future holds. You know, I, I don't know when I'll have the chance to do... Uh, You know anything, even just visiting a Disney park again after this experience is over, I I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that um, the the entire experience is the kind of thing that I'm going to be replaying in my mind and reminiscing about for uh, quite a while.
6: You've gotten some really good memories, and it sounds like you've been able to be a part of some incredible memories for the guests at Disney as well. Maybe we could touch base once you finish up and and I could get your final thoughts about uh, how the experience has ended for you. I would would love that. Thank you very much, Justin. My pleasure.
0: Well, thank you very much uh, for that, David and Justin. It was uh, great to uh, get a little insight into the uh, CMO position. We got to meet
3: Justin. My daughter yelled his name when we were over there for the Michael Phelps parade Mm -hmm. and my daughter saw Justin... Coming into Magic Kingdom And she's there Justin So we got to spend About 15 minutes With Justin And one of the um, Disney ambassadors And she still talks About that Because he's from Our ho- old hometown Oh, So uh, he's very nice In person Did he throw A golf ball at her? <laughs> <laughs> no I want to know How much Justin makes
0: <laughs> Yeah you would have Asked that question I would have asked that well, I just wonder Like you know How it works With his job I'm sure if it's A part time gig With Disney that he's got to maintain his full time job, so I wonder how he balances that. I mean, that's.
3: I think he's pretty busy.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm just uh, oh, that, and he has a very understanding employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, and is
2: there health insurance involved? <laughs> <laughs> you no,
4: know, he was specifically that "I'm a part time worker." Yeah, but no they, give, they give
0: they give health they give health insurance to part time
4: for a certain number of hours. I'm sure he didn't fulfill those hours. Probably costs, not. So,
0: but. That's cool. I really appreciate that, David. And uh, thank you very much, Justin, for, uh, for joining us on the show. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. John Magi and Kevin Close are going to give everyone a primer on Disney Cruise Line, what to expect if you're a first-time cruiser, some of the things you need to know. And uh, especially as the podcast cruise is coming up, uh, we know we have a lot of first-timers uh, on that cruise. So what do you guys have?
4: I want to start by saying uh, a while ago, I think it's probably over a year ago now, um, because Bob was in on that, we did a Cruising 101 segment, and that was sort of a big overview of cruising, how to pick your cruise, look at the itinerary, how to book it, that sort of thing. So if you're interested in that information, I would say go back to our archives, look for our Cruising 101 segment. These segments are going to be more about what happens after you book, and I think today what we'll do is we'll talk to you about what happens from... Booking to actually the check in process. We get a lot of questions from our clients who book a cruise, as well as a lot of people who are on the podcast cruise, and they want to know, well, what should I expect? What's going to happen? What's going to be the next step? So I think that's what we'll focus this first segment on. And first and foremost, the, the one thing I want to point out is after you book your cruise, pretty much until the, the balance is due, there's nothing to do. It's a little anticlimactic. Yeah. It really is. There's a lot of waiting. There's nothing you can do ahead of time at that point. Um, you can go on the boards, absolutely read the boards. They talk about what to pack, and you can research research the shore excursions. But this is one of the things that we get a lot of um, questions about from our clients is, well, what do I do now? And unfortunately, all you really can do is wait.
3: There's a lot of meat threads, too, that helps the time go a little faster, meet some of the people you're cruising with.
4: Right, go to the cruise board, look at the um, trip reports to see what people Mm -hmm. have done. But up until then, there's nothing that Disney Cruise Line will do. See if Laura Keats is on your cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Or Disney Cruise Line will do anything. Or There's nothing you can do physically to interact with your cruise up until the the next part. Between the time you book and the time your your balance is due, you'll get a booklet, uh, a packet from Disney Cruise Line. And it talks about shore excursions. And has some information. You guys have all gotten that for the mm-hmm. podcast girls, yes. right? Helps you get excited. It did, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You get you a chance to read it and get a chance to look at some of the information. That's pretty much it for a while. Before you're, uh, help me out with the dates on this for the po- If you're staying
2: in a category one, two, or three suite, you can start booking your shore excursions, kid clubs activities, palo reservations, spa appointments, etc., at 105 days prior to your departure. If you've completed if you're staying in category four through twelve and you've completed at least one prior Disney cruise, which makes you a castaway club member, you can book your Palo Reservations, etc., 90 days prior to departure. If this is your first cruise with Disney, and you're staying in a Category 4 through 12, you have to wait until 75 days prior to departure.
4: I just want to add to that. You have to be paid in full in order to book Palo, Shore Excursions, Kids Club programming. Correct. One of the things we recommend is go on the Disney Cruise Line website and register. If you register, then you can do a pre-booking process where you can go and put in everyone's information prior to cruising, and that makes it easier when you get to the port.
2: The other thing is, and uh I'm sorry, Disney, but I have to tell people this if you're on a popular sale date, Disney opens their cruising or their booking window at twelve o one on your day before on the day of the day you're eligible to book for the most people, it's ninety days prior to departure. Disney has a lot of repeat customers, and most people are not staying in suites and What happens is Disney Cruise lines booking website crashes disney's website also tells you constantly that one of the things that they tell you is when this crashes disney's website won't come out and say listen our website is antique and crashes every single time this happens what it tells you is your cruise is not paid in fall which makes mm -hmm. people very happy at 2 a.m oh yeah and john and i are up many many nights especially on nights when we know it's 90 days before a very popular cruise, telling people that your cruise is paid in full. This is Disney's website of telling you, way of telling you that nothing's working. So please don't be panicked. If you know you're paid in full, you can check it on, um, on the Dreams Unlimited Travel website if you're booked through us, and you can see that you are paid in full. Just know that it takes a couple of hours, and Disney gets their website back up
4: and working. So now you've paid in full. You're at the appropriate time to make your reservations. Online, uh, Disney does not release all availability for all of their reservations through their online booking system. So uh, many times you'll get you can't book Palo or you can't book Palo Brunch because it's full. Don't panic. They always hold back spaces for once you get on the cruise. And... When we go through the segment of what to do when you get on the cruise, we'll talk about those processes as well.
2: Because, believe it or not, not everybody books via computer.
4: Right. Some people just call up and book. Right. Or there are people who do not not comfortable with computers and don't do that in advance. So if you get something that says… Uh, those are the
0: same people that go outside and throw rocks at the moon, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry if it says booked up. You'll be able to get it, Like in. Walter. And so now you've you paid in full, you've waited the whole time, you paid in full, you're excited, you got to wait some more. You're going to get your cruise documents about 10 to 14 days. I got this covered. You want to do it? Yep. Okay. Your cruise documents
2: come from one location. It's in Celebration, Florida. It's printed by one giant machine. It's so, so
0: cool to see, too.
2: The machine's name is Ursula. And Ursula is a machine made in Germany. Ursula prints your cruise documents in the order of departure. There is no way you can rush your documents. There is no way you can have your documents printed early. Ursula prints them in order. Ursula has her own technician who uh, lives in the United States now to take care of her to make sure that she's up and running. She prints the tickets. She collates the tickets. She binds the tickets and she spits them out. Oh,
1: wow. Ursula's shadow? No. (laughs) No. No. They've named the machine. machine. (laughs) The machine's name is Ursula. (laughs) I know.
2: Mindy does not spit out tickets. Um, We've seen the machine. The machine is incredible. The machine has several different computers just to, like, take her temperature. Wow. (laughs) her emotional temperature. She's
4: in a controlled room that's dust-free and temperature-controlled and everything. They have those static guards on the floor, so you release any static electricity. Wow.
2: It's a very intense machine. However, the question comes up over and over again, I'm going to be traveling. Can my tickets be sent early? No. They have to be printed in the order in which you're departing. The other thing is they are sent via UPS and they're sent three day ground. Sometimes depending on how far backed up they are, they don't come until 10 to 14 days prior to arrival. A lot of times they do come earlier than that. There's really no rhyme or reason other than about 10 to 14 days prior, and they cannot be sent to a PO box. They have to be sent to a physical address.
4: Um, Again, Can you tell
2: I've answered this question before? (laughs) (laughs) Once
4: or twice. They come via UPS ground, so you don't have to be there when they arrive. You don't have to sign for them. They will leave the documents. Um, However, because if you do the online check-in that I talked about, you really don't need the documents. You can get all those documents printed online. So it's not like you physically have to have this... Packet of documents with you to go to Disney Cruise Line You can get them yourself You can however, print
2: your ticket, you can print your boarding pass You can print everything right online
4: However, there's a sense of Physicality to it Now it's real, I've got my tickets in my hands So people have that, and I understand that completely So it's exciting to get your tickets
2: I'd like to jump in here and say, even if you do get your physical tickets from Disney, you're still going to be further ahead if you go online and print out Mm -hmm. and and do the pre-registering. This will save you time when you're checking in at port, if you have all that information pre-printed.
4: Part of what you can do online is provide your credit card information for your room folio, your charges to your room, that type of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff you can do online that will speed the process as you go through.
3: And if you're not sure how to fill it all out, they do have cast members at the port at a round table right as you come up the escalator that will help you fill out the paperwork.
0: They really have that down to a science. They really do do that so well.
4: You never have to worry about, am I going to mess up or anything? They're really very helpful. The only thing that
2: will not come with – that you cannot do online that will come in your tickets are your luggage tags that after you've retrieved your luggage at the airport – you put the luggage tags on for the porters at the port to take your luggage to your ship. Or to your room, excuse me, once you board the ship. Those will you cannot print online. However, there's no reason to panic. You don't need those until after you've retrieved your luggage at the airport. Now, if you're taking Disney Cruise Line Transportation, the Disney Cruise Line Transportation will have luggage tags for you. To label your baggage, if you're going to pick up your own luggage and get to the port on your own, the porters who will mm-hmm. take your baggage once you get to port will have those tickets or those tags for you, so you'll be able to uh, mark your luggage so it gets to the right room. They're not; imp- it's not imperative that you have those pre-printed luggage tags prior to arriving at port. There's a couple of different ways to uh, procure them, but. Other th- Everything else can be done online.
3: And do you want to mention that there's really no luggage limit? No. Because a lot of people wonder about that. And really, you're sort of only limited by what your airline says you can take, unless you want to pay extra. But Disney's not going to have a problem with what you show up with. Really? No. Nope, there's
2: no limit as to what you can put in your room. But keep in mind that there's no place else to store your luggage. It has to be in your stateroom with you. Okay. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, if you show up with three steamer trunks,
1: you're going to have to work. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm sure.
4: You know, we'll. you can read on the boards what you should pack, what you shouldn't pack. Our advice is don't overpack. It's just going to make your life miserable. Right. But that's a whole yeah. completely different conversation. The, the last thing I want to finish up with is uh, what to expect when you arrive at the port. And then the next time we do this, we'll do what happens once you get on the ship. Um, we've... We'll assume that you've gotten to the port. You've either taken Disney transportation or you've gotten there on your own. As Kevin said, there are porters there who will take your luggage. So you don't have to worry about your luggage getting to your stateroom. They will take care of that for you. Again, either you've put the the tags on yourself or they've put them on for you. You're going to go through the entrance of the terminal. You're going to go through a metal detector. Just like at the airport. Just like at the airport. They're going to scan your bags. They're going to scan you to make sure you're not bringing anything on that's a weapon or anything that could be harmful.
3: Can we go back to the porter for a second? Sure. Just remember that they are a tipped position. If they don't remind you themselves, you know, (laughs) because they have a cute little saying that they usually say. But just, you know, be prepared to tip them and have small bills. Not like, hey, can you make change for a 20-year?
4: The porters are... uh, um, a subcontractor.
0: Right. They don't work for Disney. They don't Crisley. work for Disney.
4: They actually work for the terminal. They're hired by the terminal to take care of your luggage. And Kathy's absolutely right. You want to, you want to tip them. I'm sure someone will ask, what should you tip them? Our advice is a couple bucks per bag. Mm-hmm. And if your bag is particularly heavy, you want to tip them more. So something to keep in mind is that you know this is how they're earning their living. I'm going to take a step even further back. If you drive to port yourself, keep in mind that you have to pay to park. It's mm-hmm. a good point. I forgot to mention that. And it's going to be per day parking a fee, and the lot is very convenient to the terminal. It's actually right across the street. Once you get to the port too, do don't panic. There's people there directing you where to go. They'll it's a pretty seamless operation. It's a seamless operation. If you drive yourself, you're going to want to make sure that you have your cruise documents and a ID handy, because you're going to have to show that in order to pull up to the porter.
2: Correct. Everybody in the car will have to have a photo ID other than children, young children. Everybody has to have their ID handy and their cruise documents because they're not going to let anybody pass the gate into the actual port area unless you're on the manifest and you have identification. Everybody should stay in the car until your luggage is left at the with the porter. Then most of the people in the car can stay at the actual terminal itself someone can go park the car and walk back across there's no sense for everybody to do that
3: and you pay for parking when before you get into the lot so it's not like you've spent all your money on the cruise and now you have to pay for parking (laughs) they they, they catch you before they even let you in the lot
4: they take credit cards so you don't have to have the cash
0: or you could just give them one of your children that's right. really. <laughs> they'll take children they'll <laughs> Stella, please. Yeah, yeah. which
1: one? <laughs> <laughs> There's Sophie <against laughs> you.
2: Uh, Something else to keep in mind: we often get asked, "What time should I uh, arrive at the port?" This is actually for Cocoam. You do not have to get there at seven a.m. There's really nothing to do.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Cocoam. Meet us there. Meet
5: us there at seven a.m.
2: <laughs> don't, don't, don't entice her. Okay, she's already. I think she's ready to go the night before. Uh, first of all, meet me at midnight. <laughs> The ship doesn't release guests until about 8 o'clock. Release we, them? Release them off. Once they have to go through customs to release <laughs> the, the
0: crews before the yours. before yours when they come past the past
2: I know it's hard to believe, released. but that ship is not empty. It's
1: not waiting for me. No. Okay. There are people
2: no. on the ship. They have to get off the ship. They have to clear customs, and they have to clear the ship first. Chances are they're not going to let anyone on the ship until roughly noontime. And then once you're on the ship... Again, John said we would talk about this later, but keep in mind that uh, you won't be able to get into your stateroom. So we see people going onto the ship all the time, lugging all their luggage because they didn't want the porter to take it. You have to hold on to that luggage till they open your stateroom.
1: And when is that?
4: Right around 2 o'clock or
1: so. Yeah, 1:30 or o'clock. When they're open.
4: Yeah. Um, you can get into the, the terminal right around 10 a.m., sometime between 10 and 11. Um, the terminal is beautiful. So. It's an experience unto itself. So if you do get there early, it's not like you're going to be bored out of your mind. There's cool stuff to look at. Make sure you look at the floor.
3: The floor but is you, spectacular. I don't think – I'm one floor. of those. I don't think you need hours in the terminal. No. Like some people no. – You know, I mean they've got the Disney cartoons for the kids. But really after you've walked and you've seen the ship in the lobby and you've seen the characters, it's like, okay, that, that, that's enough time. There are people
4: who feel like they want to be the first ones on the cruise and they want to run and try to get those Palo reservations and all that stuff we don't do that obviously we've been on the cruise so many times we get there like after two because we want our stateroom ready but if you get there before they let you on the ship you're going to be able to explore the terminal and uh, characters will come out in costume there'll be photo ops available Uh, there's a really cool um, model of the ship you can check out where your stateroom is on the model and where everything is on the model at that point that's when you're going to actually check in and you're going to stand in line and wait for a Disney Cruise Line cast member to check you in. This is not
2: like the supermarket where they have 75 counters and three open. Disney Cruise Line does this very well. The line moves pretty quickly.
3: And usually when you're in the line or sometimes when you come up the escalator, that's when they hand you your pass for boarding. So a lot of people, you know, they want to hurry up and get that that number and then they don't care if they stand in line that to number. get you a, you need a your boarding pass and they'll call you by numbers to board the ship now i'll
4: say this the last time we cruise they didn't do that so
3: okay. we also well, didn't
4: they, get there until after that line was gone that's true
2: too
3: usually we get there like around eleven thirty, and they'll start there, at yeah. quarter to 12 so this last time i timed it to see how long it took us to actually get on the ship and it was 12 minutes to get on the ship. So I didn't see why I'm going I needed to. i with you, to, okay. You know, I didn't have to get there early. You know, we still got on the ship, and we still got to lunch, and we still, you know. Right.
2: Something else that we get asked all the time, there's really, it, there is a small concession stand inside the terminal. However, what they offer is very limited. It's muffins and coffee, and I believe they sell juice and maybe some, some soft drinks. It is not a restaurant by any stretch of the imagination it's kind of the barest of bare bones. So if you haven't had breakfast, we suggest that if you're traveling yourself, that you stop someplace and have breakfast before you get there. Or if you're taking Disney transportation or coming from the airport, that you get something to eat before you get on the transportation. Your option
4: until the actual ship opens are very, very limited. The the check-in process is super easy. The Disney cast members have it down to a science. They're great. Um, you're going to show your documents. They're going to want to see your ID now. We talk about uh, Teresa. Want to know? Did she have to have a passport to get on the cruise? There's been a lot of going back and forth with the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security about passport requirements. First, you didn't need them. Then you needed to have one for every cruise, no matter what happened. The most recent regulations are that if you are leaving from a U.S. port, returning to a U.S. port, you don't need a passport. As a U.S. citizen. Obviously, if you're a Canadian citizen or not a U.S. citizen, you need a passport. But as a U.S. citizen departing and returning to the same U.S. port, you don't need one. You can bring your original birth certificate... And a photo ID.
2: Actually, I just want to clarify what you said, because invariably someone's going to write to us and correct you. As long as you're departing from the United States and returning to the United States, it doesn't have to. Well, you said the same port. And there are cruises, not Disney cruises, but other cruises that depart from one port and go to a different port. For instance, if you were taking the Panama Canal cruise where you left from the port of... uh, Port Canaveral and went to the port of Los Angeles, you do not need a passport for that particular cruise. However, people who are taking the Disney Cruise Line transatlantic cruise, you would need a passport for that because you're leaving the United States and going to Spain. They are going to require a passport. Oh, that makes
1: sense. I'll get one before that cruise. Okay.
4: (laughs) So you're going to check in. You're going to bring your check-in papers. You're going to bring your uh, birth certificate and your photo ID or your passport up to the desk. I will say this, having a passport makes it a thousand times simpler Mm -hmm. to check in. Yeah, it does. You don't have to worry about losing your birth certificate, you don't need to worry about carrying all that paper with you, it's just a real quick process. So if you have the opportunity to get a passport before your cruise, I suggest you do it. I know it's an added expense, but it's good for ten years. So,
2: I'm going to talk about passports, one other thing. There's something else to be said, and... There are people who tell you you do not need a passport. You don't. They are completely correct. However, if you leave the United States and you go to a different country and there's any sort of problem, you miss the ship. You have to fly back from a foreign country to the United States. A passport is going to make that easier for you. Are there ways around it? Yes. However, if there's a medical emergency and you need to do this in an expedited fashion, a passport will be a plus. If you miss the ship and you need documentation, a passport will be a plus. Is it a requirement? No. Is it good to have? Yes. Something else to keep in mind is that you should keep a copy of your passport in a different place than you keep your physical passport. Everyone should have a color copy with their travel documents or in their luggage as, as in addition to their physical passport. We get asked quite frequently, well, what if I go to a port? Do I need to take my passport off the ship? I always tell people you do not have to bring your passport ashore with you. Some people do. I personally don't, but we always have a color copy of our passport with us. When
4: we get off the ship, and again, okay. Disney does not require it. They actually say we strongly recommend you have one. So, so y'all are saying go get a passport, mm-hmm. Teresa, right? I think it's the smart thing. To Your do. opinion, yes. always. That thing too is you know you never know. You just never know. There might be an opportunity where we go somewhere else, and then do you want to be the person who's now stuck saying I can't go to Disneyland Paris? I don't have a passport. <laughs> <laughs> you know wh- why it's not that big of an expense. If they're good for ten years. It is they're when they're talking it.
2: about a family and I can understand yeah.
4: why some of them don't. But it's one of those things that However, when you look at the the, the cost of a cruise, I think the, the difference in the total cost of a cruise versus getting your passport. I realize that it's an added expense and people may not be able to afford it, but if you can't afford it, go get it's it. It's
2: one of those things that if you do it instead of waiting until everybody doing it at the same time, get them over the course of several months. How long
1: does months? it take to get it? I mean,
2: when they first made the requirement, it was taking months and months and months. It took me and like now, almost five months to get mine. And I think it when John and I did ours a couple of years ago before all the brouhaha started... Yeah, it doesn't we, take that long now. I think now we had ours like in a, two weeks. Yeah, it's gonna you take can also back. go
0: through an expediter for a little yeah. extra money and they'll get it to you. I know you
1: could do it at the post office. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah you,
4: you, you go, go to the post to office, they take morning. your
5: picture, they send it out. However, the
4: time it takes them to process and get it back. I always say give it a couple weeks But, yeah, Kevin has a good point. Do it. If you can't afford it all at once, do one this month, one next month. Do the most
1: important people first, working my way down to max. (laughs) The
4: The child, you don't mind leaving in a foreign (laughs) world.
1: one who can find their way home.
4: (laughs) So you've checked in. You've got um, all your paperwork. They're going to ask you to give them a credit card or money for a room folio. And what that basically means is you're going to put money on your the, the, going to give them the ability for you to charge back to your room. And they're going to need a way to collect that money from you.
3: And you can use a debit card if it's a, like a Visa or Mastercard logo cuz a lot of people ask about that. So. Absolutely.
4: As long as it's a Visa or Mastercard logo, you can use a debit card for that. And that's just, you know, once you get on the ship and you start charging stuff, you're going to reach a limit. A number in Disney Cruise Line is going to then hit your credit card and charge you up to that amount so that they don't have to worry about you not paying at the end of a cruise. They have a way to collect their money. As long as we're talking about
2: this, money is not cha- Money does not change hands for the most part on a Disney cruise.
5: That was my question.
2: Everybody uses what they call their, their key to the world card. Your room key
1: is your money. What about my children? Are they going to have a... Key to the
2: world. You can, yeah, but
0: you can you can tell when you check in, you can tell them, I want this card to have charging privilege, but not this one.
2: You can also They'll set limits. You. Like, for instance, if you wanted your older children to have $50 worth of privileges,
4: their card can have a set limit on it. Oh, okay. Because
2: I can see yeah. Grace just. No. No. Or you
4: could say, can't be charged at all.
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are the Disney Cruise Line has covered this. Now, the one exception on the cruise line for having some, Kathy talked about having small bills when you travel, when you get on the ship, if you order room service, room service, unless you purchase something through room service, room service is included in your cost, but unless you purchase like a six-pack of soda or a six-pack of bottled water, there's not going to be a charge for ordering food through room service, but you're going to want to have a couple of dollars to um, tip the person who brings mm-hmm. your food
1: to your Wait room Wait a minute, go back You can order room service
4: There's no charge For any food or anything really? on the room right. service menu Except oh, if you cool. order soda uh, Bottled water alcohol, packaged, candy. packaged candy Alcoholic beverages That type of thing When you get to the room you're going to have a book And the room service menu will be there And i will show you all the stuff you can order anytime you want
3: It's awesome That's cool mm-hmm. It's I like have a being funny, a kid at home I have a
2: funny story to tell you We were on a cruise one time with a bunch of the Dreams Unlimited travel agents, and John and I had decided that we were just looking for kind of a quiet night. So we went crazy and ordered a whole bunch of stuff off the room service menu. We figured we're just going to stay in tonight. Well, one of the Dreams agents was walking past our room as the room service person (laughs) delivered the food, and we heard her say, they must be having a party.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they need like two carts
3: to bring it in
2: so
1: there's no limit I mean you can just
0: nope. no, no limit
4: oh
2: that's now, awesome again having a couple of dollars if they need two carts and three people to deliver your food you're going to want to tip them okay because right. there's no other mechanism for tipping so how much
1: do you think for I mean a wad of ones or
4: yeah, I mean, a couple if, hundred usually what? if they no, if they no. come no if they come by our room and they've brought us each and our if they come up with a tray let's say instead yeah. of having to push a cart you know, we may tip them five bucks. Okay. You know, if we've ordered something that needs to be charged and written and written down, we may tip them a little bit more. A buck or two a person. Mm-hmm. That's how I always figure it. Okay. And it depends on what they brought up. Right. We're going to talk a lot. Again, um, this could go on forever. We'll talk about what happens on the cruise in another segment. But you don't need
2: cash is what I'm telling right. you.
4: Right. So you've checked in. You've given them your documents. You've given them a form of payment for the thing and for your uh, room charges. And they are going to uh, give you your key to the world card, which, as we said, is your room key, as well as your charging privileges. Um, it's also going to identify um, children who are under the legal age to drink so that they cannot purchase alcohol on the cruise. So, and what is
1: the legal age when you're out on the water? 21.
0: 21? Nope, okay. 21. Is it really? Yep. I thought it was 18. 21.
1: Eighteen. Oh god.
0: I'm no, it's twenty one on the ships can set it themselves. because um, once you're in international waters, you're pretty well, much there's no from, law.
4: Royal Caribbean's eighteen
0: then. So yeah. uh dip wow. a Disney cruise line, it's twenty one years, twenty one years old to drink.
2: Too bad. Now you're going to want to treat your key to the world card like you would a credit card. Exactly. You can you you can have them. You can go to guest services and cancel it if one is lost. One of the things that John and I find useful is to have a lanyard with one of the little clear plastic Mm -hmm. pockets Mm -hmm. on it to carry it around with you. It's your identification. It allows you on and off the ship. It gets you into your room, and it gives you charging privileges. Another thing that you can do is I've seen people have a hole punched in theirs. So if you have a lanyard with, like, an alligator clip or something at the end of it, one of those little press clips, you -hmm. can do that. uh, When you check in, they have hole punches as you're checking in. And just don't
3: punch it up by the magnetic strip because my sister did that and then the (laughs) card didn't work.
4: Or don't put your magnetic strip near a magnet. We've learned Mm -hmm. that lesson, too. It doesn't work. You've checked in. If you've arrived before, they're going to let you on the ship. You can get in line if you want. You can get pictures with the characters if you want or you can just wait for your boarding pass number to be called and then at that point you'll be allowed on the ship. And what's going to happen is you're going to get on, you're going to need your photo ID one more time and you're going to need your key to the world card. They're going to run that through their machine. They're going to check your ID and then you'll be on your way into the so ship. So like
1: a cruise director standing there waiting for you? No, or? not exactly a
4: yes. well, director. Does he wait to, on the ship? But, well, there are people inside the ship who greet you. Yes. Okay. And we'll talk about that next but time. But
3: they also added, now you get your picture taken after you check in. That is in their system, but it isn't on your key to the world card.
4: So at what point is that, is that the point at which you actually go and give them...
2: After you go through the... Uh,
3: this? Oh, uh, well, that's right. We did that. Right, They take look? your picture as you're boarding the ship. Not, not, the, not the for sale picture. Right. Okay
4: the picture that's associated with your key to the world card so that when you try to get back on the ship
2: Right, they will take your picture as you're boarding the ship. You won't see it, but when, you're, uh, when you get off the ship, they're going to put your room key in a mechanism which says you're getting off the ship. When you go to get back on the ship, you put your room key in letting them know that you're back on the ship. Cool. There will be a picture associated with your key so that they can verify that you are the person on the key.
3: And that's also supposed to come up when you buy anything. So I guess if you went in and went to buy, like, jewelry or, you know, well, I mean, I guess anything, your picture would come up. That's a good security measure. My my daughter tried to use my card, you know, my picture's going to pop up and they're going to say, hey, that's not the same person.
1: Wow. What if you're get off the boat, you don't get back on, they're going to take a head count and say, this person never got back
3: on? Yes, mm-hmm. then
2: we're going to know you're not there because they make an announcement. Would Teresa Eccles please oh, come to the <laughs> services? And that's when everybody goes up on the de- the highest deck and watches you come
1: screaming down the deck.
2: <laughs> and passion. don't laugh because you know something? Every cruise
1: I've ever been on, mm-hmm. someone does really? that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's why I don't want to even get off the
4: boat. We'll talk about that more okay. as we get into what happens on the ship and what happens with shore excursions. But we wanted to make sure we gave you that Overview. I do have one more thing to add, and I promise I'm done. Okay. As you're boarding,
2: as you're packing, make sure that you pack something during the day because your luggage might not get to your – make a day pack for when you board the ship. Your luggage might not get to you until later in the afternoon. There's no guarantee that when you're allowed to go to your stateroom that your luggage will be delivered. Everybody's waiting for their luggage to get to their room. If you have small children who might want to use the pool, make sure you pack a bathing suit for everybody who might want to use it. Pack your medication that you're going to need in your day pack because you don't know how long it's going to take for your luggage to arrive at your room. Just put your necessities and some of the things that you're going to need. The travel sun, on, carry sun on. right, yeah. sunscreen, bathing suits, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much for that, John and Kevin. Just remind everybody you can always book your Disney Cruise Line vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. And uh, John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited, so you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you get some great uh, shipboard credits right now that we're running. So um, we always have links to that all over the site. You can't miss it. So
4: We have a really good question in our email show from someone who wants to know about shipboard credits and that type of thing and explain them. So just tune into the email show, and we'll talk about that. Great. Because people also ask about those quite a bit cool.
0: well that will do it for our show this week folks we hope you enjoyed it we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the diz unplugged roundtable thanks for listening everybody and as always stay out of the damn lakes